can attract everything you want in life. Passion by Design is a show about designing and living a life of passion, purpose, and possibility. I'm Paula McChesney, here with my co-host, Sandy Peckinpah, and we're here with you live every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. to discuss living life fully through the senses. Here on Radio Monterey, KRXA AM 540 and streaming live on the internet at radiomonterey.com. Hi, Sandy. Hello, Paula. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's a gorgeous day in Monterey, and as most of our listeners know, uh, you are in Southern California. Right. So you offer a whole different uh, point of view, which we always enjoy. That's right. Well, Today, Paula, one thing I would really like to bring up to our listening audience is that we have a book out called Passion by Design, Redecorate Your Bedroom and Reinvent Your Love Life. And it sounds like a very provocative title, but I can assure you that it is a book filled with some really wonderful tools and techniques for brightening up your life. And today we're going to be talking about lightening up your life. And one of the things that I love about what we do is that we're constantly growing and changing and assessing our homes and how it's a reflection of who we are. And one of our favorite quotes, in fact, that's in the book, says, have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And that quote is by William Morris. And I think that spring is the perfect time to evaluate your home well, it and to start lighting is. it up. <laughs> It certainly is, and that's why we chose these topics, and that's why we chose this series. We're doing Mm -hmm. a series of three of lightening up, and it's your home, your business, and your head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so our listeners are going to have to tune in and find out what we're talking about. Right. Well, we have a couple of questions, and I recommend getting a pen and paper because we want you to be interactive with us. And Paula, how can we assess objectively our home and our business space? How can we look at that and start assessing it? Well, you know, Sandy, as an interior designer, and this is what I do as as a professional, and I find people are often nervous to have me come into their homes or office because they think I'm going to judge them. First of all, I do not judge, and it's not about you judging yourself harshly. And so that would be the very first thing that I would say. It's very important. Just set that judgment aside. You know, we're all doing the best we can. We're all busy. Our lives are are overwhelming with all the information Mm -hmm. we get in. So treat yourself sweetly and tenderly and non-judgmentally as though you would, as though you We're treating your best friend when you go in Mm -hmm. and you take a look. So the first thing that I recommend people do, and this sounds kind of funny and it's it's actually intended to be, is pretend you're from another planet and you had Mm -hmm. never seen human beings and human habitations before. 
So you're coming in with a completely fresh eye and just walk through the space and take a look at it and say, what strikes you as beautiful? And, and Sandy said, grab a pen and paper, and I would reiterate. Um, I'd like people to write this down, just these questions. What strikes you as beautiful? And you'll find certain things jump out at you, and they don't have to be expensive. That's, mm-hmm. that's a, a misconception. You know, Paula, that's a really good point because um, this I happen to be a huge fan of Super Soul Sunday on Sunday mornings on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Yes. And Eckhart Tolle was on there this morning, and he said, walk around your home and garden and take away the labels that you have on things. And I think what you're saying is, for instance, there are several things in my home that I look at, and when I look at them, at one time I thought they were beautiful, and now they sort of have a label of being sort of a nuisance to me. You know, it's something to dust yes, or something to move around or something to lay bills on top of, you know. Mm-hmm. And how can we start relabeling those things that we once thought were beautiful? Well, I think we do that, Sandy, by opening up our thinking about it and say, you know, just because I loved something 10 years ago and valued it and cherished it doesn't mean that I'm going to love it and value it and cherish it now. I'm a new person. I have a new life. Mm-hmm. I've moved forward. Life is meant to be dynamic which means moving and changeable, not static. And I think we get stuck in the the staticness of it, and we stop seeing things. I mean, quite honestly, I know this to be true, is that we become, and, and we have to, again, this is a wonderful human trait, and we become acclimatized to thing and things and accustomed to them. So you could have a bright red sticker on your door that says, turn off the lights. And if you never change the color of that sticker, pretty soon that sticker blends right into the door. Mm, yeah. So change is a very powerful thing. Small changes. Small well, I've changes. noticed this when I take a, a painting that I've had in the house forever. If I move it to a new room, it's like I have a whole new painting. Exactly. That is so powerful. And that's one of my very favorite things to do because, as many people know, I, I am an art lover, an art collector. And, you know, when you go through museums, and I think many of us have done this, you go through the museums and you know, after eight hours, it's like, oh, my gosh, not another Rembrandt. <laughs> and we get kind of dulled. Our senses get dulled. So that very simple act, Sandy, that you mentioned of mm-hmm. move a painting, just mm-hmm. switch switch two paintings out or a painting and a, and a you know, piece of art, and you will really be delighted and surprised at the shift and the energetic shift. Mm-hmm. That simple act makes happen. Well, so the first uh, list that we make is what things strike us as beautiful. What is the second thing that we look at? The second thing we look at is what strikes you as being useful. Mm. Now, I am as guilty as anybody else, and particularly in the kitchen, because I do like to cook. And, of course, along with cooking comes numerous cookbooks and mm-hmm. 
gadgets. <laughs> Sandy's laughing at me. She's seen my kitchen. Um, and gadgets. And my kind of challenge and game to myself, which I thoroughly enjoy, is how can I be a very streamlined, efficient cook and utilize tools and not have the Cuisinart and the blender and the coffee grinder and the toaster, you take the point, all cluttering up the counter. How can mm-hmm. I perhaps tuck those things away that aren't used every day and simplify and get that that counter to be cleaner? And while I'm on this point, I'm going to make it so I don't forget it. One of the great tips for anybody who's trying to do some spring cleaning and, and decluttering, this is a great designer tip, is when you're cleaning, leave at least one surface, whether it's a shelf on your bookshelf or a surface, completely empty. Now, you may have to make the other piles higher, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is okay uh, until you get to them. But the very fact that there is what's called a negative space, an empty space, makes it look cleaner, clearer, and less cluttered. And I'd love to hear people's emails. You can email us at info at passionbydesign.com and uh, on our Facebook page, which is Passion by Design. And... Let us know how some of these tips that we're sharing with you are working for you and also some of the tips that you have because we're always open to to new ideas and things we haven't thought of. Well, you know, Paula, that brings up an interesting point because as a real estate professional, I go into homes and people will say, what can I do to make my home more saleable? And I don't think most people, me included, realize how much stuff we have on our kitchen counters and how much stuff we have in our offices, our home offices. And I usually recommend, because you and I have talked about this when we wrote the book, how important this was, to have open space in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how much it changes the energy in the kitchen when you move some of that stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I use a toaster maybe once every other week. Yes. And yet it's on the kitchen counter. Um, my mixer, I use and it's on the kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. And when I remove that stuff, it just feels so clean and so good. And it just it lightens up the whole look of the kitchen. It brings sunlight in, you know? Well, and it does, as you said, energy is one of my favorite concepts and words. It does shift the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Now, there's a third tip that you want us to write down on yes. our list of things. So we yes. have what things strike you as beautiful, what things strike you as useful, and the third criteria, what things strike you as clutter. Yes. That tends to be a little bit of a tougher one for most people because what's that old saying, um, one man's trash is another man's treasure? And I often find in couples, again, as a designer, when I go into a home, people, and we're all, we all have our opinions, we all have our tastes, our preference, and we're all entitled to them. And when you live with other human beings, generally they're 
is a little bit at least, if not a lot, of compromise. And so it's really important for harmony in the home, harmony in the relationship, to discuss what what is one person's level of comfort with clutter or busyness or stuff for lack of a better mm-hmm. word and how does how is it in harmony with the other persons and often and really that tip that i gave a minute ago about leaving at least one shelf open or or surface open and empty really will go a long way in making the other person who may want things a little more spare or minimalist making them feel that it is um you know that you're that you're taking their feelings into account and mm-hmm. clutter again go back to what we said at the beginning of the show pretend you're an alien walk in and look at things with eyes as though you've never seen any of it before or a stranger mm. walking in you will be and I do this too I'm just right there with everybody else sometimes mm-hmm. I'm shocked at oh my goodness look at that pile of this or wow that plus that plus that really looks kind of junky. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I'm a. Uh, my biggest problem is that I have an addiction. I have to admit to, and that is <laughs> this is true confessions here today. Yes, it is. It's office supplies. Oh, <laughs> Sandy and I are guilty. We love our our office yeah. supplies and colored folders. Oh, yeah, Paula, I have office supplies that I've probably had for 20 years because I cannot throw out the beautiful colored paper or the folders that I've had around that I will never, ever use because I think, oh, someday I might need that report folder. Well, it's been a few years since I've been in school. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hope springs (laughs) springs eternal. Maybe maybe you'll go back. Well, you know, Sandy, that's a really important point, and I think there's, there's two approaches to that. One is be realistic. You know, are you ever going to use it again? And the second thing is, if you truly love it, find a beautiful way to display it. And this takes us to our second part of this uh, segment, is when you simplify and you unclutter, do it one space at a time. So for you, I'm going to suggest that you start with your office supplies. And Mm -hmm. two approaches there is pull everything out as much as you can and put it, you know, spread it around the floor of your office or wherever you have to work and then put things into piles of, you know, love it, got to keep it to and use it every day or use it frequently to the I really am not ready to let it go, but I use it less frequently like you talked about in the kitchen. And the third is, Mm -hmm. you know what, let's donate this to a school where they can use it, which gives you some good feel-good vibe doing that. And then the other piece of it is organize it in something that's pretty. Put it into into a colored basket or a colored box or a file drawer that you find attractive. Make the fact that you still have those things attractive and in a pretty spot they're easily accessible and then the things that you need to keep but aren't particularly pretty i often design what i call shove and slam storage so you shove it in and you slam the door on it (laughs) 
that means you don't want to look at it. So you that, know, Paula, those uh, IKEA has those great um, shelves that have baskets, and the baskets yes. are nice and tall. And I was I was thinking actually of getting that for my office supplies because I can put them in the baskets and not have to look at it. Yes, that is a great idea. Those work really, really well. And then the other thing we wanted to touch on before we go to break is every item needs a place that it's home. And so, and I did this the other day, is I use an earpiece for my, my Bluetooth. And that little thing, I swear, it has legs. It wants to get lost every five minutes. And I've gotten in the habit of putting it in one clear plastic, it's a makeup bag, in my purse. And you know what, Sandy? It is so reassuring that I know when it's not in my ear, it's in that bag. So it's a great great place to have it, less time spent chasing it, less less frustration. So, you know, Sandy, we've already got to go to a break, but... It's, we've got so much more for you after the break, and you're listening to Passion by Design here on Radio Monterey, KRXA AM 540, and streaming live on the Internet at RadioMonterey.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live on the internet at radiomonterey.com or krxa540.com. So, Paula, we were having a great discussion about how to change our lives by looking objectively at our homes. And um, one of the things that I love about our next segment, and I will proudly have you introduce our next guest is that we both have a long, long relationship with her, and she has changed our lives in so many ways. Hello? Yes, hi. Um, Summer uh, Simonton. Summer, are you with us? Paula? Yeah, are you with us? Hold on. We're just trying to get Summer on the air with us here. Um, Hello? Hold on just one second. I'm here, too. Okay. Summer, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. We can, we can hear each other. Um, Summer, let, let me go ahead and, and introduce you to our listening audience, since uh, I okay. know you and Sandy knows you, but, but they don't have the pleasure yet. Um, Summer, I've had the privilege of knowing for many years. I will not tell you how many. Um, but she has been known, and I met her uh, professionally. She's a pioneer in her field of visualization and personal development. And Summer and I met in San Francisco. Um, I was giving a class, and she was giving a class, and uh, one of our mutual students said, you two need to know each other. And that was the beginning of a long and very dear, dear friendship. Summer has been a professional entrepreneur for over 30 years. And she has created this amazing system, a revolutionary system, I would say, called Future Speaking. And it's a life-changing program. And she has used, and I've used, and others have used um, to achieve our personal goals, our business goals, 
from increasing sales. She's had great success with that. Um, people have quit smoking and lost weight. Uh, it's a very, very powerful tool that Summer is going to share with us. So, Summer, welcome to the program. Thank you. I feel honored. Well, we're yeah. delighted. We're delighted to have you on. So, Summer, um, I am so glad to have you on because I want to share with the audience that you were one of the first to actually take me through and teach me about guided meditation. And oh. how many years ago was that? And I have watched you evolve over the years. I think it was in the early 1980s, actually. And I've watched you evolve over the years and watched your business evolve within the past many years. And you're now, more than ever, still changing lives. And you are now known for something that's really effective called future speaking. And I think we would all love to hear more about that. Oh, thank you, Sandy. And You're I'm welcome. glad to hear that, that that was the beginning of your visualizing. And, you know, both of you ladies have been very successful. So I'm, I just feel privileged to be talking to your audience. And, uh, I'm holding that this is going to reach people and make a difference in their lives the way it has made a difference in mine. And that's why I teach it. And, uh, you asked me about future speaking? Yes. And future speaking is a technique that I created by watching uh, my, in my workshops, uh, watching what was the most effective way to get people to consciously and deliberately create what it is they want. And future speaking is a, for me, the most powerful technique there is for doing that. And, and, and it's talking or speaking as if we already have what we want. Because if we remember when we were a child how we used to talk about our dreams and play pretend, and this is sort of a grown-up play pretending. And it's speaking as if it's already happened, and you create the emotion and the excitement about it as if it's already done. Now, I know a mm. lot of people, a lot of teachers teach that we need to speak as if it's already happened. However, this goes a little bit further because... What I'm asking my clients to do and teaching them to do is to use only words that are positive and I'll ex I can explain this more later, but a vibrational match to what it is we want. Does that make mm. sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so maybe, maybe go into it a little bit further. Yes. Yes. Because I wanted to give an example. For instance, uh, I mean, you're a realtor. Let me talk about some of the realtors I've worked with. For instance, sometimes a realtor would say something like, before they took my class, oh, yeah, I understand how to talk about it as if it's already happened. And they would say, oh, well, my, let me show you, my client, uh, I don't have any problems with them and there's no problems in escrow. So they think that they're speaking in the positive because they're saying there's no problems, but the mind doesn't hear no, it doesn't hear don't. So what they're really doing is talking about the problems. It's creating an image about, I hope there's no problems, rather than mm. saying, I'm so excited. Here's future speaking. I am so excited because my buyer's offer was accepted, 
and it went smoothly and easily. They were very well qualified, and it was such an easy outcome. And they have referred people to me because of how wonderful and easy it was and how great it was to work with you. So hmm. the I first love is that example. approach. Yeah, the first is an example of the way most people talk and set their goals, and they think that they're talking in the positive, but they're really not. So with Future Speaking, we want to examine all of our words and make sure that they are positive. We're speaking about what we do want rather than what we don't want. Right. And Summer, I know that you have a particular technique that um, it w- involves a rubber band that you teach. Can you share what that is? <laughs> She's done this to me, by the way, audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have my clients wear a rubber band on their non-dominant wrist. And whenever, because what this is about is waking up to what we're saying and thinking. Because what we're saying and thinking is creating emotions, and it's the emotion or energy in motion that is really helping us get what it is we want and attracting that to us. So when they wear a rubber band on their wrist, we, what we're doing is we're listening for any words. We want to be conscious of what we're saying and thinking at all times. So we want to pay attention to what we're saying and thinking and pop that rubber band whenever we hear ourselves speak in a negative, like talking about problems. Uh, talking about what they what what we don't want, uh, saying weak words like if and hope and I'll try. That's my biggest pet peeve. Hmm. I'll try to do that. Well, there's there's no such thing as try, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. So there's only do. I mean, Yoda said that. So a great philosopher. I think, too, Summer, that we have to be careful of those connecting words because sometimes we can say words and if we add a but, the word but causes a negative reaction. Is that correct? Exactly. In fact, there are words that I have my clients eliminate from their vocabulary, and but is one of them, and try, Hmm. don't, and if, and hope, and wish, and want, and should. When we eliminate a word from our vocabulary, we no longer experience that. Now, when we say the word but, that puts a a stop to any possibility. So we want to use the word and or however. But Yeah. That's a great replacement word. Yes, we always want to be thinking yes and. I always talk to my clients about yes anding, which is which is an improvisation technique actually. So we, we want to be thinking yes and this happened rather than mm. but that happened. Well you know, Summer, mm-hmm. I always think of and as a bridge and mm-hmm. but as a door. Because Oh, if, I if, like that. If someone says and the the first time I, I learned about this, I was so struck by it, is you know, men and women we are from different planets, I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we think differently and we express ourselves differently. And if a man says to a woman, I love you, but I don't want to get married, all the woman hears is the 
what came afterward, the door got shut on the I love you, and all the woman hears is, I don't want to get married. And -hmm. what the man might be saying is, or could say, so that the communication stays open, is I love you and I don't want to get married maybe right now. Or maybe maybe on the date you do, or maybe in springtime. It's, It's a very powerful bridge, so I love that you're bringing that fact up. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So how did you get how did you get started in this very fascinating business? Well, um, in the 1970s, uh, before I discovered these tools, I was really an expert in negative thinking. I, I mean, any negative thought that was possible about anything, I had it. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I would start my day by something creative like, uh, what horrible thing is going to happen today? And I went out in my day expecting something horrible to happen. And it usually did, because we usually get what we expect. And I, to me, I thought I was just preparing myself, because I knew something horrible would happen, and when it did, then I'd be prepared and I could handle it. Well, that is a backwards way of thinking, is what I came to learn. So I had looked at, I was with a friend, I looked at their library of books, and a book jumped into my hand. Have you ever had that happen when you feel like the book just Yes. Yeah, it jumped into your hand, and it's like, what? Because to be honest with you, I wasn't even used to reading books. I I would read, you know, magazines that agreed with how awful life was. And (laughs) so so I've been... I pick up this book, and whenever you re- open up a spiritual book, there's always an answer, or there's there's something there that'll get to you. There's something that will resonate. And I opened this book, and it said our negative words and thoughts get results as easily as our positive words and thoughts. And I went, whoa, wait a minute. I knew I was a negative person, but I didn't think it had anything to do with me. I thought it had everything to do with the the outside things that were happening to me. And I just, all of a sudden, I felt different. And I thought, wow, what if this is true? I mean, if this is true, I might be a powerful person instead of a victim, like I I thought I was a victim all the time. And so I did what I encourage my clients to do, and that is start with baby steps. And I started by finding parking in San Francisco. I mean, I had a big car, and I used to cry every time I went someplace because I couldn't find parking. And all of a sudden, I started finding parking everywhere. And I, you know, you can only call something a coincidence so many times. And then I started to realize, whoa, what if I have something here? This is, this is really interesting. And so then I quit smoking. I used it to quit smoking. And then I wanted more money, so I doubled my income. And then the biggest task of all was, I said, well, if it worked for all that, surely I can lose weight with this. And if it does, then I promise myself and I promise the world I will teach this. And I was petrified of public speaking, and so I had to use my visualization and the power of my thought to get over my fear of public speaking, and that became my greatest joy. Mm, very interesting. So, yeah. Very powerful, so, Summer. Thank you. Well, I want to know what steps do you think that you could share with our audience that might make a difference in their lives today? 
Okay. Well, I have what I call a formula for success. And it's, it's really simple. I mean, to me, I like to keep everything simple. And I think most people complicate things. So we, we want to know, and your audience wants to write this down because it's a very simple formula and they want to follow it. And they want to do like I said I did, start with baby steps. Because as we baby step into our beliefs, let's say there's, let's say people are skeptical like I was. And they say, okay, but I believe I could possibly find parking or, or quit smoking or whatever it is. And you want to take a baby step and start, uh, first of all, you want to know what it is you want. So if it quit smoking or you want more money or more sales. I work mostly with salespeople and entrepreneurs, although this tool works for anything. So you want to know what it is you want. That's the first part of the formula. Know or know that you know. Because when you know that you know, the subconscious mind will go to work to find the answer because that's its biggest job. So know or know that you know. And believe that you can have it. And and this is big. And this is why I say take a baby step. Because as we take a baby step and something happens, and after a while you stop calling it a coincidence, and you go, wow, this is, this is working. And it starts building your belief muscle. And as we start believing that this works, it starts working even more, just like any muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very important to take baby steps and to check what are your beliefs. What are you believing when you say, I have X amount of dollars in sales or, or I am a size X or I do weigh a size or, or this many pounds or I have this wonderful relationship? What beliefs pop up for you? And then examine those beliefs. Is it necessarily true? Yes or no? I mean, it may or, they may or may not be true. I had so many false beliefs that I had stored in my memory bank when I started this. And it was exciting to challenge them and to realize they weren't true, most of them. You know, Summer, mm-hmm. we need to take a quick break, but I would love okay. to come back and talk about some of those beliefs because you raise a very interesting point that I think many of us are not aware of of what we're thinking. So um, we will be right back. You're listening to Passion by Design on KRXA Radio and streaming on RadioMonterey.com. If you have any questions or comments for our guests, the call-in number is 831-899-KRXA. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Passion by Design. I'm Paula McChesney. Hey, Summer. We were just talking about your uh, belief exercise, and while the break was happening, I was just testing myself on the the beliefs, and I was looking at a, a black vase with yellow flowers in it, and I was asking myself, 
is it true that that is a black vase with yellow flowers? And when I really started looking at it, I realized that it was a black vase with flowers that were yellow, yes, but the flowers also had some green, some orange, a little tinge of goldenrod, and actually it sort of skewed my whole thought of what I believe to be true. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and I thought... There are so many ways to look at things, and I love how you hold people accountable for what they really believe. And how do you take them through that exercise? Well, first of all, I think it's important that we, and you were just sort of uh, giving an example of it, that, that we do challenge our beliefs. And we think about what, what am I believing when I say, this is my dream. This is what I want to have in my life. And then we ask, we listen, because that's when the beliefs will come up. And, you know, that's when that voice will come up. And it's really the ego saying, hey, wait a minute. Now, you know you can't do that or whatever it says. So you know you're not that way or you're not one of those. And I'll give you an example. When I came into this teaching, I heard myself, and I was new to it, and I was just, I had that rubber band on, and I was popping it every time I heard myself say something negative, and I, I was obsessed with seeing how powerful I could be because I set aside one month to test it. I said, I don't think I really believe this. However, what if it's real? What if it really works like this? So that's when I, you know, started using, um, I thought, well, what if I can find parking? So it, most of the time we're saying, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what if I can't do it? And it's just as easy to say, what if it does work? What if I can do it? And Ooh, yes. so I said to myself, you know, I mean, it's just that simple of a change sometimes, really. And mm-hmm. so I said, I said to myself, you know what I keep hearing myself say is that I'm not a creative person. And I used to tell people that all the time, almost as if I was bragging. Well, you know, I'm not an artist. My brother is. Uh, I wouldn't even take an art class. And then I said, wait a minute. What if that is not true? What if I really am an artist? And I've just been saying I'm not. And because I'm saying I'm not, I'm not. Because whatever we say over and over enough times, we come to believe. And when we come to believe it, it starts showing up in our lives. So I said, what if I really am an artist? And I took a picture of a friend of mine, and I took out a, a piece of paper and a pen, pencil, and I started drawing in a way I'd never drawn before. And it ended mm. up looking exactly like the picture and with the, the energy of my friend. And in that moment... My life changed. I said, oh, my gosh, I really am an artist, and I became an artist, and I I started doing big wall hangings and lots of drawings and paintings and sculpting. And I said, that is so amazing that just because I challenged my belief, I suddenly was able to do something I was not able to do before. What else is there? What other beliefs do I have that might not be true because most of them are not true. I mean, if they're not empowering beliefs, if they're not, Sandy and Paula, you're absolutely capable of everything you ever wanted to do, then they're probably not true. 
because we humans have been given a gift of being able, we're the only living creatures we know of who've been able, given a gift of being able to consciously and deliberately create what it is we want in our lives. But we forget this. Did you want to say something? Well, Summer, that reminds me of a quote that is actually on your website by Einstein that says, mm-hmm. imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Yes. I love it. Yes, and I, and love, I love that quote. Well, can you tell us how you implement imagination in what you do? Oh, absolutely, because first of all, the part of the formula, the first part was know or know that you know, and then the second part was believe and check your beliefs, challenge your beliefs. The third part is to imagine what it is you want as if it's already happened and do future speaking. And just going within for 5, 10, 15 minutes, visualizing what it is you want, seeing it, feeling it, using all of your senses, touching it, tasting it, smelling it, and most of all with emotion, eventually as you do that every day, that starts showing up in your life in unexpected ways, in ways that we know not of. And then you add future speaking to that, and that's sort of the fuel to the fire. Summer, do you have any examples of any success stories of people that have used your techniques and and had some things happen in their lives that you could share with us? Oh, hundreds of them. Uh, I have stories. I mean, I've had these realtors, this mother and daughter team. They've been with me now, coaching with me for three years, more than three years. And when they came to my workshop, uh, they were at a point, they hadn't had business for five years, I mean, almost none, and they were going to quit. They had done, attended every workshop you could name, and they said they were exhausted. And they said, okay, we're at the giving up point. They started visualizing and future speaking with each other and designing the type of clients they wanted, and they started saying, we hear the, the phone is ringing, and, and we have very positive loving clients who know that we're the right realtor for them. The phone started ringing off the hook the next week, and they have had more business in the last three years than they have ever had. I mean, they are they consistently have three, four, and five listings a week. Oh, and that I, is it, so exciting. It, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, they still come to me. To every month to, you know, get a little coaching and to be reminded. And uh, it just gives me such a thrill. And, and summer, I people, that, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean but, to interrupt. I, I was no. just going to ask you, what does that feel like to have that kind of success come from something that you did? You're, in, you're so in alignment with what you should be doing to be able to <laughs> affect people's lives like that. What does that feel like for you? Well, to me, there's nothing better. I mean, it, it is it is gold to me. When when, I mean, they come to me, they love me, and I love them, and it's just the greatest. Feel. There's no better feeling for me than that, than to know that the tools I gave them. Well, they they committed to using the tools. And mm. uh, when they first started with me, the mother was so negative. I said, look. Um, I can't work with you anymore. 
If you're not going to, I did. I, well, I said it a little stronger than that. I know you did. Not. We're on the radio. That's right. That's right. As soon as, as, soon as I said I, 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 I'm not working with you anymore, it's useless. If you're not going to apply what I teach you, then you know what's the point? I'm not. Uh, why waste your money? And she said that was just a slap in the face she needed. And I thought, well, she may come back, she may not. And the next week she came back with all these stories, and she's been a walking billboard for me. I've gotten into a lot of companies because they saw what happened to her. Summer, share, yeah. share your website um, with our audience because I want to make sure they get to write it down and hear it a couple of times. How can people reach okay. you? Okay, it's futurespeaking.com is the website. And Summer... Simonton, S-I-M-O-N-T-O-N, at gmail.com is my email. Great. Yeah, I think that's really important, and we'll we'll have another chance right before we we close to oh, to, good. to give that again. I think I think that um, what you what you offer people is so so valuable. But you know, I wanted to ask you. You, you talk about what we think about comes about, and those are kind of my mm -hmm. words. But I, I know that one of the powerful tools you've taught me over the years is about speaking the positive in the way we believe. And, and something I'd like to share, because it's been very powerful for me personally in business, and I know for many people, how many times do we meet people who say, oh, I'm terrible at remembering names? <laughs> and my comment to that is, I'm great at remembering names. <laughs> and they look at me like, who are you? <laughs> and I say, yes, I tell myself that I'm mm -hmm. really good at remembering names. And you know what? <laughs> I am. And you it's are. such a simple powerful shift that I made years ago because I was one of those people saying, oh, I'm terrible at remembering names. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? I was terrible at remembering names. How, how important can this simple trick or tool, if you will, how important is this to someone in business, would you say? Well, it's everything. I mean, when we're talking about our business and what we want, you see, most people talk about what they don't want to have happen in their business. It just amazes me how Many salespeople and entrepreneurs, they spend more time talking about what they don't want than what they do want. Mm -hmm. And when we start talking, I mean, you gave a great example about what we do want, then that starts showing up in our life. We keep seeing it, and the subconscious mind doesn't know that it's not real. That's why it's so important to go within every day for a few minutes and to visualize it and use all your senses because the subconscious doesn't know it's not real. Plus, then we become a magnet like that mother-daughter team I told you about, attracting to us in the most unexpected ways. Uh, it, it's extraordinary. I mean, what cracks me up is people who tell me they can't find parking. I mean, there's parking everywhere in San Francisco. People love to leave when I want a parking spot, and that's my mantra. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it absolutely works. Summer, we've only got a few seconds left, but if you had okay. one thought that you could leave our audience with, what would that be? And then mention your website again, please. Okay. Uh, I just want to let people know that Almost everybody's, uh, if we're not getting what we want, it's because usually we're just a thought away from what it is. We're just a yeah. thought away. Wow. And, and 
Yeah. So, and, and I want to offer a free discovery uh, session for your clients to call me and you know get in touch with me and uh, see if this is something that would be a fit for them. And I promise value in that session. It'd be a half hour session. That Fantastic. would be great. That would be great. Well, our hour is coming to a close. You can visit us at passionbydesign.com. And we'll be back next Sunday at...